And joining me this morning is Urairi A.R., Assistant News Editor at Malay Mail Online. Also, Lukman Haris. Uh, he is an anchor, journalist, and producer at Astro Awani. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. All right. First, one, uh, first uh, story that uh, we're going to look at is, um, well, the <laughs> handover. Uh, there has been claims over Tun Mahathir's tenure being unspecified and vague, but a promise that he will hand over power to Anwar and no one else. I mean, is this wise? to stick to just one candidate for the future of Malaysia. I mean, and also, what if a credible rival were to emerge, you know, in the, in the upcoming months or the mm. year before then? What are your thoughts, Lukman? Well, I understand to a certain extent uh, something that has been repeated time and time again by the Prime Minister and those closest to him, and that is um, he needs more than two years to correct things, uh, so he says. Um, but so much of the Pakatan Harapan government, so much of its foundations have been based on promises. Um, and a promise made must be kept and uh, I think it just will add to more instability if there is a last minute change and talking about whether there's a last minute um, contender Personally, besides Mahathir, I do not see, this is my personal opinion, I do not mm-hmm. see any other credible alternative, and you may disagree with me, I do not see any other credible alternative to Anwar to be the, the next PM. Right. Your thoughts, Zurairi? Well, I think it's just something that we have to live in uh, because uh, we follow the Westminster p- uh, system, right? So it's not like we have a presidential election. So, I mean, to, to be frank, we Malaysians, the voters, do not cannot even choose who will be our Prime Minister. Uh, it will be uh, an MP from uh, who, who has the command of the biggest trust from all the uh, MPs. So, I guess that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to that system, right, I mean, it, it always, uh, usually, it will become someone who is leading the coalition. So, uh, whoever it is, um, it will be... Uh, We're stuck uh, with him, yeah. basically. Basically, him yes. Or her. Him or her. <laughs> um, do you agree with Lokman about there being no credible kind of contender besides Anwar. Probably at the moment is that well, there may be people, but they are just not being given the chance. Mm. So even if there is a credible uh, prime minister material out there, uh, we definitely uh, are not. They are definitely not giving the way from their own party. Right. So, what are some of the procedures or hurdles that uh, Dr. Sri Anwar Ibrahim will be facing before becoming prime minister? Lukman, as uh, almost always is the case with Pakatan ever since the opposition days. I think any hurdles would not be external, but rather internal. As you've seen, Pakata PKR especially is notorious for its infighting, mm, the so-called cliques, the so-called camps. And I think the biggest challenge for Anwar is not anything procedural or legal or anything external, but rather to galvanize support within Pakatan and especially within PKR because you th- allegedly there's this there's, there's the Azmin camp, this is Rafizi camp, mm-hmm. and recently there's talk of a coup d'état of the PM there's a camp vouching for Anwar there's a camp vouching for the PM if the Pakatan Harapan is to go down one day the the next general election or the next Mm -hmm. uh, it will not be because of an explosion it will be because of an implosion they will not go out with a bang but with a whimper he has to sort out the things in his house and that's the main hurdle well very interesting debate going on right now and of course we need to move on to uh, something that's as hot as that one and that's the fuel price everyone would like to find out what the cabinet's decision is on fuel prices we'll discuss this with Rairi A.R., Assistant News Editor at Malay Mail Online and Lukman Haris from Astro Awani. That's up next here on Light.
And with me on front page is Lukman Haris. He is an anchor, journalist, and producer at Astro Awani. Also, Zurairi AR, assistant news editor at Malay Mail. Now, everyone's talking about the fuel price and waiting to find out the cabinet's decision on fuel prices. What is the latest on fuel prices and what can we expect soon? Zurairi? Yeah, well, I think uh, we are supposed to move into the uh, weekly float by uh, this year. Um, but I think we uh, that is on hold because I think the cabinet wants to hear from the Petroleum Dealers Association. And I think we are if uh, essentially being held ransom by them. That I think that is the reason why the cabinet, despite meeting earlier this week, they have not made any decision about that because uh, just right before the cabinet meeting, the association uh, had delivered a memorandum to Prime Minister Dr. Mahdi uh, saying that they are... Uh, getting just a, a little of the commission and, and they, they want more basically mm-hmm. and I think basically the cabinet has to think have to accommodate their demands in formulating the, the next step I completely agree it's interesting Zrairi that you mentioned that we are being held ransom by them and I mean this is the PDA and Petroleum Dealers yes, uh, Association of Malaysia basically the operators and owners of the petrol stations Yes, and I remember Astra Awani uh, is what was one of the few media outlets that actually broke this story we interviewed them and I interviewed the president of PDAM mm-hmm. uh, Basically, the, their concern is with this new mechanism, their profit margins would be uncertain every month or rather every week. They're not staring at losses, but rather uncertain profit margins. On the other hand, the government is trying to introduce something that will be beneficial for the rakyat. Yes. Uh, considering global oil prices with this new mechanism, it will probably translate to lower prices at the pump. Mm-hmm. So. I think if the government has to choose, I mean, I mean, the PDM has the right to voice their opinion, and it's good that the government hears them out. Yes. Um, but if the government has to choose between these uh, petrol station operators who's only concerned about their margins not being fixed rather than losses, mm-hmm. and on the other hand, someone who probably makes the rakyat who probably makes one thousand five ringgit a month mm-hmm. and possibly facing two twenty petrol or for one hundred ninety five or two ringgit rather than one sixty or one seventy, I think it should be a no brainer. Um, I respect PDM, but they should sacrifice for the rakyat. Right, yeah. right. Do you see a happy medium? Middle path. So that both you know, sides are that, pacified. That, that, that's why <laughs> there's this delay because I remember talking to one of my journalist friends in Astro, in Astro uh, yeah. He He said, it's not like the government and Tun Mahathir to put off this big of a decision yeah. for a few days so then I said it just means that they still have not arrived at a common ground or at a middle ground but word has it that it's going to be announced today so fingers crossed and uh, if anything let's let's just hope that it will be beneficial for the rakyat and a win-win situation for mm. all another thing that is probably uh, holding up the decision is probably because the decision of Putrajaya to just discard blanket subsidy and u- using targeted subsidy mm. so that means they have to come up with a mechanism on how to deliver the subsidy just to specific people and not to everyone mm. and I think that is probably That's holding problematic on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah interesting and of course um, we have more headlines coming up including the policing in Penang CCTVs will be all over the island will privacy be an issue for the public we'll find out with our panelists today from Astro Awani we have Lukman Haris and from Lemail Zurairi AR that is up next here on Light
And on front page this morning, uh, we have Lukman Haris from Astro Awani, also from Malay Mail, Zurairi AR. And let's talk about Penang. Now, Penang has just launched a facial recognition system to identify criminals. It has become the first state in Malaysia to launch this system capable of detecting faces of criminals through CCTV cameras in a bid to improve public safety in the state. Um, I guess, uh, why just Penang? That's one question. And why not the whole of Malaysia? Well, I think this pretty much lies uh, within the jurisdiction of the state government. And there were grouses that, you know, the government, federal government is in debt. Why are you spending so much money for such projects? But I, first of all, I think it's largely from the state coffers. Penang is one of the very few states that actually have very good financials, uh, budget surpluses, bucking the trend amongst pretty much all the states in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. So then now you have, to describe it generally, you have extra money. So what do you spend it on? Of course, you spend it on uh, initiatives that will benefit the people of Penang, right. the Penangites. And what problems are they facing? Unaffordable ho- homes, uh, rise in the cost of living. Flooding. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so those topics mostly are more synch- better synchronized at the federal level. So what they can, can do on a mm-hmm. state level is things like this. I think it's a very good initiative. Privacy concerns aside, I think, <laughs> uh, I think it's good. I think it's good. Yeah, your thoughts? Yeah. Very I think instead of uh, is being under state government, it's probably uh, under local authorities, I guess. And uh, I think the exco for local government in Penang uh, has said Jagdeep Singhio uh, has said that uh, we may see um, this system uh, being proposed uh, nationwide but again uh, since it falls under local government we may see it uh, implemented right. at every uh, you know city Big council town. and uh, mm-hmm. but it will probably be in the more co- uh, metropolitan areas rather mm-hmm. than the rural areas where probably you would have a uh, need for that but it's true when we talk about crime actually the recently released uh, crime statistics by de- the department of statistics show that Penang is actually not that high on the level of crime index it's yeah. probably like around number four or number f- uh, fifth in the uh, country so when you talk about uh, rolling it out to the rest of the country perhaps we can look at uh, where where uh, the, the highest uh, crime index happens Selangor I think Selangor yeah. and Johor Bahru uh, from what I've read <laughs> on not, not officially but you know just well, anecdotally everything that <laughs> dangerous happens uh. yeah yeah but I, I, I do take note that they're not like number one or number two in terms of the number of crimes but mm-hmm. I, I do think prevention is uh, better than cure I think they are looking in the way of China China has been doing this actively and it has shown uh, results and we've got numbers saying that the Chinese authorities have managed to identify 2,000 criminal suspects arrest more than 800 people and solve about 200 cases with the help of CCTV and facial recognition alone Right. I do I do think it, it is a step forward for, for the state but what about privacy yeah. concerns yeah, yeah, when we talk, yeah when we talk about China right? I mean it's a different society uh, I remember uh, reading uh, an article uh, about uh, e-payment is that mm-hmm. Privacy is less of an issue there. So they don't, I mean, their privacy is already uh, low, so they don't mind the government intruding into their lives. All right. Well, of course, with us this morning, we've got Zurairi AR from Malay Mail and Lukman Haris from Astro Awani on front page. When we come back, we'll take a look at the smoking ban and the enforcement that's only really going to happen in six months' time. That's up next here on Light. On the front page this morning, we're taking a look at the headlines that matter. Zurairi Abdul Rahman, um, assistant news editor at Malay Mail, also Lukman Haris, uh, anchor journalist and producer at Astro Awani. Now, this next story is huge because everyone is, um, you know, just wondering. We've got a smoking ban that took 
place that started supposedly on January 1st. And now enforcement is being put on hold with a grace period being six months long. And uh, people are asking, how is this going to be effective for the ban? Your thoughts, Lukman? <laughs> I haven't been in both camps. I was a smoker before, a very heavy smoker. I quit, thank God. Congratulations. And now I'm a n- <laughs> thank you so much. Now I'm a non-smoker and I have a young kid because a lot of these non-smokers would say, oh, my young kid would would inhale all the secondhand smoke mm. and that's bad so they are they are the main proponents of this so i i kind of understand but here's the thing the one thing that has always plagued any huge policy changes in this country for god knows how long is enforcement it's always the problem yeah. of enforcement this and that the gst itself last time lacks enforcement has been attributed to its negative perception i don't get why there's a six month grace period yeah i know that there's a you know that there's grace period for for the culture to see yeah, it into just seemed that they but, just pulled this out of air yeah, but here's day. the thing here's the thing this is hard enough to execute well in the first place to enforce in the first place mm-hmm. if you give a six month gap then things will start to slip through the cracks i mean even research has shown that human beings pretty much have a 100 day memory so what's 6 months is it like t- close to 200 days so we, i foresee history repeating itself things will just fade out and mm-hmm. it will just gradually subside and then it will not materialize well reading the news from the health minister he said that you know we were not looking to be punitive but want to educate your thoughts rami uh, well uh, i'm frankly i'm not too sure about the grace period because i i think uh, there's a lot of summons and have been given out since uh, january 1st And I think we congratulate uh, Health Minister Datuk Sri Dukifi now <laughs> for uh, reiterating yesterday that the enforcement will not be hangat-hangat tai ayam. So it will be, it will go on. It's not seasonal, uh, and we will hold him to that uh, because I think the smoking ban is um, definitely a good way forward for everyone. I think even mm-hmm. for the smokers, because let's face it. I mean, like it or not, smoking is an addiction, and uh, the sooner we realize that, and the sooner we treat smokers as someone who needs treatment. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's. Yeah. yeah. Well, years ago, as you recall, um, uh, being a former smoker, uh, they decided to put pictures, graphic photos. Oh, on I remember packets. that. <laughs> I remember it's that. Still, it's still the it's still the issue, yeah, the yeah. case now, but that hasn't deterred smokers. And you know, leading up to the ban on January first, we've already been notified. You know, the last couple of months of 2018 that this was going to happen. Yet, you know, nobody you know batted an eyelid. And uh, as it is, we see that people are just basically taking the Mickey by. Uploading videos of them, you know, kind of. But I don't. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think that's entirely true. I mean, we have seen people who are actually taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. I think, irrespective of uh, their background, I mean, uh, status or economic background, we see people adhering uh, to this in some places. So it just. Waiting for us to let it sing that this is the new norm and this is how it should be in the right. future. Yeah. Now coming up, uh, YB Said Sadiq in the news. He can only be removed as youth chief through party election. What is this all about? Well, we will find out with our panelists today: Zurairi Ar from the Malay Mail and Lukman Haris from Astro Awani. That's up next here on Light. On front page this morning, I have with me Lukman Haris, anchor journalist and producer at Astro Awani, also Zurairi Ar, assistant news editor at Malay Mail, and uh, in the news, uh, YB Said Sadiq, he can only be removed as youth chief through party election. This is according to PPBM Secretary General. Now, you know, are there factions who want to remove YB Said Sadiq, and what is this internal bickering all about? 
I don't think at this point it's fair to call it internal bickering. I don't think it has come to that point yet. There were disagreements, especially following the General Assembly. But I'm worried about this, Charles. I think this is bad because the perception of Bersatu being Amno 2.0 is already there as it is. It's 3.0, bro. <laughs> <laughs> 3.0, they're, yeah. And they're not helping themselves because the moment Said Sadiq, this young man, opens his mouth, defy convention and say to their faces that we're not going to tolerate corruption, we're not going to tol- tolerate cronyism, mm-hmm. this after senior uh, figures within the party openly says, uh, openly urges for government contracts to be given to division chiefs. The moment he says that, and this is the, backla- the kind of backlash that he gets, so I would not like this to happen, but I'm not surprised if they do slowly but surely turn to AMNO 2.0 or 3.0 or 2.1a. Yeah, so uh, they should buck the trend now and, and just stop all this talking about ousting Said Sadiq based on that at least. Right. Yeah, uh, I agree. It's not a factional thing as of for now, but I think this is just a collision between idealism and reality to be frank the majority of our politics is still patronage politics people still enter politics mm-hmm. because they can get things and they can disperse financial wealth uh, to others who support them so you, you buy votes essentially mm-hmm. so and this is what happens here I mean these are people who were disillusioned with AMNO and they think they can make it better in PPBM and and surprise, they won. Uh, PPBM became a government party. So now they are just basically wanting to reap rewards from their yes. effort. And I mean, I mean, you've left Amno, you were left with nothing. And now you essentially have the key to unlock a certain wealth. And of course, you would want that, right? I mean, but yeah, but Sadiq should stand his ground. Uh, yes. A lot more people should back him. What he said him. was uh, absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, in lies the problem. What mm. needs to change is the mindset, the patronage mindsets that have, mindset that have been built for the past six decades. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the mindset for me is not just the mindset, but also structural change. The way political parties are being funded, the ways that elections are being funded. You know uh, how this political fund. I mean, it's f- time for us to start moving uh, to regulate political funding. And I think there were attempts to do that. But I think with so many problems that the government is facing right now, it's probably not high on the agenda right now. Right. Mm. But I think we are at least on the right track. Said Sadiq, I'm not his biggest fan, to be honest. Yeah. I do disagree with him. But if, you know what they say, if you want to look at your future, you look at your youth. And if, if he ma- maintains his momentum and just sticks to his guns, uh, I do think that he has support, uh, at least the young people. And I do believe that we are on the right track. Okay. Hopefully. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us this pleasure. morning. Yeah, always a pleasure. Of course, uh, with me this morning was Lukman Harris. Uh, he is an anchor, journalist and producer at Astro Awani and Zurairi AR, assistant news editor at Malay Mail for Front Page.